The world famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. <laughs> now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 out in Lake Charles. And who doesn't love some good seafood? More importantly, some great crawfish, some shrimp po'boys. Want to go to Richard's Seafood Patio, and we want to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate. So when you go there, you're covered to have some fantastic food, including some of the best boiled crawfish you've ever had. They also got some great boiled shrimp, crabs, fried and grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, po' boys. As somebody who's trying to start to lose a little bit of weight, me doing this live read, making me a little bit hungry, got me having the all V for some seafood. And if you got the all V for some seafood as well, make sure you go to Richard's Seafood Patio and enter in today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com to enter in for a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to have some of those fantastic foods. Again, I am just like I'm salivating. Just the mere mention of some po' boys, some steaks, some boiled crabs, some boiled shrimp. Oh, boy. Again, I need to stop talking about it because I'm going to start getting hungrier. But I just saw this pop up on my social media feed. We'll get Ross Jackson on in a moment. But fans of gold jerseys for LSU, it's back today. First pitch at noon. You'll hear it right here on the game. After I sign off pregame at 1130, Chris Blair and crew will take you to the game over at Alec Box. But now we got to flip it over. He's a good friend of the program. He is the host of the Locked On Saints podcast, a contributor for the Saints Wire, part of the USA Today Network. And I think just overall, one of the busiest men in the business. He is Ross Jackson. Ross, how you been, brother? Hey, brother, doing well, man, doing well. I thought for a second that live read, you're about to go uh, to go straight Bubba Gump on me for a second. Oh, shrimp. You know, boiled shrimp, fried shrimp, grilled shrimp, shrimp po' boy. Shrimp and <laughs> potatoes. I, I, don't get me started, man. I, I could. I, it, it's been a while since I watched Forrest Gump. I think I could still quote that word for word, to be honest with you. And again, again, I'm trying to lose some weight, Ross. So I'm, I'm trying, the, the last thing I want to do is start talking about food. Word, word. Hey, glad to be on with you, man. Glad to be back with you. Hope you've been well. I've been well, man. Been well. So before we get into the NFL draft talk, I would say to address the elephant in the room, but I think we need to kind of adjust the terminology for this and address the tiger in the room. That's former LSU Tiger and mm-hmm. current free agent Jarvis Landry. What's the latest on him, and what kind of percentage would you put on him signing on and putting on the black and gold? Yeah, look, um, so the latest on him at this point, at least, is that, you know, he had that visit with the New Orleans Saints here very recently, just last week. And, you know, there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of hope that the Saints might be able to you know, be a team that's able to lure him in. And it sounds like it's really going to be down to two teams. So, you know, I, I don't mean this to sound like a cop out or anything like that, but it sounds like the decision is effectively 50-50, right? There's a 50-50 chance that he lands with the Saints. There's a 50-50 chance that he lands, goes back to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are interested 
and bringing him back as well with their whole new direction that they're uh, that they're headed in. So for the Saints, you know, the the appeal I think that comes with New Orleans is that you know he, he's able to land in in New Orleans and have a very clear role. I mean, he gets to be the guy opposite Michael Thomas, effectively, if the Saints were to land him, even if the Saints were to land, uh, a, you know, a free agent, or excuse me, not a free agent, a, um, a drafted wide receiver, in addition, he still has a very clear role in that situation, which I think would be something that would be very, um, that would be very appealing to him. Gets him back to Louisiana, of course, and it puts him in a situation to where he is immediately contributing to what it is that the New Orleans Saints are trying to do and what direction Jameis Winston is headed in, which is instead of playing long to short, play short to long, and he becomes a really, really important piece in that situation. And I'd agree with you wholeheartedly. And, you know, whenever you think about Jarvis Landry, and the other question I have is regarding him, when's the likelihood of when we could hear of him signing, being with the Saints or any other of the 31 NFL teams, you know, are the Saints even yeah, considering like going, getting him? Maybe a lot like the Jameis Winston signing from a couple of years ago, where you signed him like on the Sunday after the draft. Right, right, and, and that's what seems most likely to me. The thing about it is that um, Jarvis Landry was effectively released by the Cleveland Browns, so he doesn't factor into the compensatory formula. He wouldn't be a compensatory free agent in that case. So really, he, he could sign at no cost to the New Orleans Saints in terms of the compensatory formula which could or could not yield them a pick going into next season, uh, next season's draft. And so that part of the equation, which was kind of a factor a little bit in the Jameis Winston signing, for instance, doesn't really exist when it comes to Jarvis Landry. But the thing that helps Jarvis is that if he waits until after the draft, he knows that wherever he's signing, his role isn't going to get filled by a rookie right after he signs. Because let's face it, we're into April, right? The end of April. We're almost the NFL draft this week. And so the contract that Jarvis Landry would end up signing is unlikely to be a substantial contract, a 10 to $15 million per year contract, which might be what he's been holding out for. That just seems likely at this point. It seems like it'll be more like a 5 $7 million type of a deal for a year or so. And so with that, there's the chance that he signs with the team before the draft. The team goes out, the team that signs him goes out and drafts a, you know, young stud at wide receiver that ends up taking the role that he you know, thought he was signing for. And so if he waits until after the draft, he can more sort of comfortably sign with the team and see what the role is. Again, I think even if the Saints do invest at wide receiver in the draft, Jarvis Landry has a very clear role as a slot receiver, basically, that allows you to work again short to long. So I think that he still has that role, but it does give him an opportunity to just kind of clarify that before he puts pen to paper. And I agree with the old Harley there. He is a guy that I think could be a big impact player, regardless of how what you do with the rest of your NFL draft. Even if you do get that, like you said, like even if you do go ahead and get a wide receiver in the first round or wherever you kind of land on a guy you like, this is an opportunity right. for you to go ahead and really – bolster your wide receiver core because outside of Michael Thomas and presuming he's going to be healthy for the entire 18 game slate of the season are you guaranteed to have him ready to go are you guaranteed to have somebody right. outside of that give you depth because that was something that hurt the Saints a lot last year 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at some of the other you know young wide receivers that the Saints also have if they're not relying on uh, Michael Thomas, right? Deontay Hardy is a, a great wide receiver that you know has continued to grow in the New Orleans Saints offense, but he's dealt with injuries over the course of the past couple of years as well, and also plays an entirely different role than the role that you would see our Jarvis Landry in, who would play a lot more of these kind of like less short area quickness bursts out of the backfield, you know, move them around kind of roles that Deontay Hardy would play. Jarvis Landry play a little bit more of a, you know, really solid possession receiver that's going to run the efficient routes and that's going to, you know, work in that sort of short intermediate area for you in the middle of the field, make contested catches. I mean, the guy's got a career contested catch rate. I think it's over 52%, which is really, really good for somebody that's been in the NFL for eight years, right? He had a 66% contested catch rate just last year as well including getting most of his yardage, almost six yards after the catch per catch as well throughout all that. So he just plays a bit of a different role than any of these other guys that the Saints currently have in the wide receiver room. And as you mentioned, depth, there's no room to be picky right now, right? I mean, you saw what happened with the wide receiver room last year. You, you know, brought in somebody in, in Matt Rea that's going to be, you know, your sort of director of sports science that helped to reduce soft, injury, soft tissue injuries by 50% while he was in Alabama, which is absolutely phenomenal. But it might take time for that kind of stuff to really take effect. So building the depth in that receiver room, building the depth in any room for the New Orleans Saints is still something that's imperative, right? This is a team that set the NFL record last year with 58 individual unique starters in 2021. You don't want a repeat of that in 2022. So go get you somebody that's durable. Go get you somebody that fills the role, that fills the need, and that gives you that extra body and extra veteran presence, which right now they don't have, especially in that wide receiver Talk right now, Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast and contributes for Saints Wire, part of the USA Today Network. And I'm just going to come right out, out the gates and just ask this question. No more preamble talking about Jarvis Landry. Are the Saints even remotely considering drafting a quarterback in the first round? Because I've been hearing it a lot, and I'm sure you have as well. I'm kind of getting tired of that talk. Do you think there's a legit chance that the Saints sign a quarter, a draft a quarterback in the first round? Look, I think that it's possible. I don't know what I here's what I don't necessarily think the Saints are looking to do. I don't think that the Saints are looking to package sixteen and nineteen, which they just did a lot of work to grab in the first round, to move up into the top five or top ten in order to grab that that quarterback. I think that if there's a quarterback at sixteen that sits there and he's the best player available on the board for the Saints, then sure. If there's a player, you know, if there's a quarterback that's there at nineteen or forty nine, that's the best player available on the board then sure. But I don't know that you necessarily need to make a move for a quarterback right now. If the intent, and I think that it, this is evident in the trade that the Saints pulled off with the Philadelphia Eagles, if, if the intent is to compete this year, then I, I, it makes the most sense to me that you want to maximize the amount of young starters and rookie contracts that you can bring in that can start and have an impact for you immediately and that will allow you to compete. You gave up last year's first-round pick which is an indicator that you expected that first-round pick to be toward the back half of the first round, right? So if you want to compete, and especially in an NFC conference that's really, really weak and could potentially get even weaker if Debo Samuel gets traded out of the conference, for instance, you have an opportunity here to be able to bolster your roster, bolster the young talent around a young quarterback that's ready to let it loose going into 2022, that's walking into in Jameis Winston, that's walking into an offseason actually knowing that he's the quarterback as opposed to being in a quarterback battle this time around. Build the offense around those players 
and give yourself the dynamicism that you need to be able to be a, a competitive team on the offensive side. They've done some great things on defense so far this offseason, returning some very important players, signing some very important new players. They have a couple of spaces that they could fill over there. But outside of that, you know, looking for pass catchers, looking for you know, a, a pass protector over on the left side perhaps, those should be, I think, the priority, depending upon how the board falls, which, of course, if the board falls, you know, in a way that's not necessarily conducive to that, then you can only do, you can only select what you have on the board there. But I think that the plan should be to try to maximize, particularly those top 350 picks. All right, we're talking about those top three top 50 picks. I think that brings me to my next question. What are the three biggest needs for the Saints as we head into next Thursday and Friday? That's the most important two days of this Saints franchise, I think, in the in the short term and the long term, because you need to be able to hit on these three picks because you don't have many of them this year, and you also sacrificed a good bit to kind of move up and make that big trade with the Eagles a couple weeks ago, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, what are the three biggest needs that you see for this team heading into the draft? Yeah, for me, it, it's offensive tackle, wide receiver, and safety. I, I think those are the three biggest needs for me. Uh, I could argue for interior defensive line, like defensive tackle, to be that third one along with safety. But uh, but knowing just how important the safety position is in Dennis Allen's defense, I think losing both Marcus Williams and having you know Malcolm Jenkins retire this offseason, those are two big blows for this New Orleans Saints defense. And they went out and they signed Marcus May, who I think is, is going to be great and I think is you know a player that I've looked at as a potential replacement for Marcus Williams. Since last year, before they franchise-tagged Marcus Williams, I thought Marcus May would be a good option. He can play the deep safety role, but in Robert Sala's defense last year, he also played the box safety role, so he's got some versatility in that way. So I think that frees you up to be able to invest in any kind of safety. A Jaquan Brisker that could, or a Dax Hill that could do a little bit of everything, or you can specifically look for you know a ball hawk like a Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. So you can kind of have a little bit more flexibility there. Wide receiver, I think, is obvious. Offensive tackle, particularly over on the left side, is one that is kind of more so for the future. The Saints could go into 2022 with James Hurst at left tackle and be perfectly fine. Or even James Hurst at right tackle and Ryan Ramchick at left tackle and be perfectly fine. But what do you do beyond that? What do you do for the years to come? And if you have an opportunity to be in position, even if you're looking at trading up one of those selections, 16 or 19, to be able to land your favorite offensive tackle, I think that that's a big need for them to fill, not just for now, but for the future. All right, one more before I let you go, Ross. Who do you think the Saints are going to pick with those first two first first rounds? So I am of the school of thought that the Saints will be looking for an offensive tackle and wide receiver in the first round. And so for me, my sort of dream pairing would be Charles Cross of Mississippi State, which could be at 16 potentially because he could be a guy that drops a little bit as NFL teams look at him you know, pass protecting over 80% of the time in a Mike Leach offense, which is something that tends to deter teams uh, on tackles that are coming from air raid offenses. But they could also move up to get them, right? They could trade, you know, 12 and 98 to get up a little, excuse me, 16 and 98 to get up a little bit higher, maybe trade with the Vikings at 12, who are a common trade partner for the Saints in the draft. So for me, Charles Cross, uh, with whatever the first selection is, and then coming back to wide receiver, Dreamland, it would be, you know, Chris Olave. But Jamison Williams may fall, and that would be another great reason for the Saints to go out and grab a guy like Jarvis Landry. If they draft Jamison Williams, it gives you time as he recovers from that late ACL injury to not rush him out onto the field, let him come back on his own time, and still have added some weapons on the offensive side. 
Ross, appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, brother. Absolutely, brother. Right back at you. Take care. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Oh, we definitely will, Ross. We definitely will appreciate him. Coming on the program, as per the huge, always just great conversation with that guy right there. We'll take a quick time now. Come back. I got some picks to click for this weekend. I also got a bone to pick about a brutal beat I had on Sunday with the Pelican Suns Game 1. We'll be back after this right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles.